Hello, this is Pastor Rex Johnson of Christian Life Church in Austin, Texas. The podcast you are about to hear took place on August 19, 2015, on a Wednesday evening. There was a tragedy that had smitten our church, and I felt compelled to speak on grace, some musings that I had put together on the subject of grace. And so I just simply called it Words of Grace. I trust it blesses you. May you have a great, great day and a blessed week. God bless. I'm, I'm on a series uh, called Power, and um, if you don't mind, I'm going to skip tonight. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, our church, uh, there comes a time when a pastor has to stand in front of a congregation and, and, and try to make some sense and sensing out of things that happen in life. In all my 45 plus years of ministry, it has been my good help, good fortune, to, uh, to not have uncertain passings from people. Uh, I'm not call, talking about car wrecks, but I'm talking about murdered people, people who were murdered, people who were taken out early, and people that took themselves out. And so just recently we have, we have been, uh, I don't want to use the wrong word, but we have been hit with, touched with, a young 20-year-old man that was taken down on the streets of Austin, Texas. And yesterday uh, a person decided that life was not what they wanted to do anymore. And, and when, when, when things like this happen many times, uh, when things like this happen many times, it, it brings us to a, to a conclusion and we, get, we form conclusions. Well, they went to heaven. They didn't go to heaven. They were lost. They were saved. And all of a sudden we become people with clerical robes and we become judge, judges instead of people who ask the grace of God to cover folks. And so I, I want to talk a little bit tonight, just talk a little bit about life, just some things that I have written, not anything that I had talked about before, just some things that I have written about tonight. Proverbs 18 and 14 says, the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear? The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear? And I, I wrote things like this. I just started writing. I said, words are many times inadequate vehicles to transfer the feelings of the heart of a pastor to the heads and hearts of a congregation. I will not try tonight to make up things to create a good feeling in this place. Amen. Facts are just that. They are facts. But the cause and effect of things many times create another story, one that is filled with judgment and dread or the grace of God and the extended mercy of his ways. You'll fall in one of those categories. Remember, grace, the definition is getting what we don't deserve. Everybody say it's unmerited favor. Amen. And mercy is not getting what we do deserve. Amen. 
when we have messed up, when we have fallen down, and when our pants are still dirty and we hadn't got up yet. Mercy has a long arm to reach and pull us up and get us back on the way of life. So grace and mercy are the things that have helped us in life to sustain who we are. Can you say amen to that? The Bible said we are saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. Nobody, when they get to heaven, can say, look what I did. Everybody that walks through that gate is going to say, wow, thank you, God, for what you did. That's what it's about. The Mitka family, many of you know, some do not know, had an abject tragedy yesterday. I want to speak about it just a moment. One that many in this church need to hear about and will attempt to figure out and rule over many times. Untimely death is never expected. It's never wanted. This is not a eulogy tonight. I'm talking to this church about something to get in your heart. We all want to live until we can't go another step. Or we want to live until we die. We don't want to die before we get through living. And we want to enjoy every moment. My dad is in a grave in Oklahoma tonight. He's been there almost five years. And he used to have some of the greatest sayings. And he told me one time when I was a little boy, never judge a man's son until you walk a mile in his or her shoes. Don't ever judge anybody until you know where they walked. It's great advice coming from a man in a grave in Oklahoma tonight. I still remember his words. Speaking as one here tonight who has lost blood relatives, a brother, to the grave way too early, a wife and a boy way too early, I sense it's my duty and my obligation to give some sort of explanation tonight that may help a little. Here's a statement I want to make. It may not hit you right now, but it will later on, and I wrote it. And I spoke it today to the staff. If we, give, if we gave grace to each other in life as greatly as we do in death, we would all be better Christians. We judge each other by every mistake. We're sometimes quick to judge one another's shortcomings in life. And that puts us in a great contradiction when that person passes before his or her time. Oh God, we say, they died. How do I judge now? What can be said now? Because in life they were criticized for their mistakes. And how do we become graceful now at the end and say, well, God took care of it. If God took care of it at the end, then God took care of it when they fell down in the middle of their life. Are you with me? Now I want to speak. It's hard to dwell In the same house with law and grace. These two will just not coexist. One's got to go. With judgment and forgiveness. They can't stay in the same house. With a mosaic mindset. A Moses mindset and a Christ mindedness. You can't stay together. The Bible said the law came by Moses. John chapter 1. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And when a woman was brought to the feet of Jesus in John 8, they said the law said stoner. 
but what do you say? And when they gave Grace a chance to speak, Grace said, I forgive you. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Law wants to destroy people because we judge people from our own thrones and we don't even need to be sitting on them. Because when we're on thrones, Christ is not on it. When he's on the throne, we're in our rightful place. And we don't judge people when he's on the throne of our life. You did not get here, as Alex Haley said. You're like a turtle on a fence post. You didn't get here by yourself. Somebody placed you up there and balanced you and put, put you up there and said, Now, don't wiggle and you might stay on this fence post a while. You didn't get there by yourself. There is no self-made man in the kingdom of God. We're all made by the grace of God. We're all completed by the mercy of God. We're all here tonight because he is forbearing to our guilt and to our problems. Amen? Say amen to that. So a thief was hanging on a cross one day. As far as I know, he never had a good day in his life. Always had bad days. But hanging on a cross beside him was a man who never had a bad day in his earthly life. It's funny how Jesus hangs close to people that don't have it all together. And people that think they have it all together, he don't hang around us too much. Three words the thief said to him that day, Lord, remember me. He hadn't had one good day in his life, but this day he's hanging beside a man who had never had a bad day in his life. And the Lord said, this day you shall be with me in paradise. Did you understand that? If that thief was 30 years old, he lived 30 times 365 days of never a good day. But on one day with three words, he said, Lord, remember me. And God said, you're with me today. Some people don't like that kind of theology. They don't like that kind of, we'll take it up with him one day. I'm just preaching the book. Flip the script. A man's in prison for preaching the good news. He's always done the right thing, always. He's converted people. He's baptized thousands in a river. But he's in prison one day, 18 months after he introduces the Savior on the banks of that river. And he says to his disciples, in essence, go ask that imposter. Go ask that interloper. Go ask that charlatan. Are you he that is to come or do we look for another? He had done it right. He was the son of a high priest and the son of a mother who was a descendant of high priest. And John was in the priestly robe and he... He's, he must be someone else. He said, surely he's not Christ. And those men approached Jesus and they asked the question to Jesus from the man behind the prison bars. Are you he that is to come or do we look for another? It's kind of funny here. Jesus never addressed them all day long. He just started healing the sick. He just started opening up blind eyes, touching deaf ears and preaching the gospel to the poor. That's what he did that day. And when the day was over, he turned to those two men and he said, would you do me a favor? Go tell John everything you have seen and everything you have heard. And tell him, blessed is the man that's not offended in me. In other words, blessed is the man that don't get upset on what time or how I run my business. 
Can I tell you? Here's a secret you need to know. God don't run his business like you run your business. Because if he ran his business like you run your business, and we all are God sometime, there would be nobody in heaven because we'd find fault with everybody. But God don't run his business like we run our business. Hallelujah. I'm glad I'm preaching about a Savior that runs his business right. Is somebody going to help me right now? I'm glad I'm preaching about a Savior that runs his business right. Anybody ever made a mistake here? Anybody made a bad one? A double dog dare you bad one. And he said, oh, wait, wait. And while you're gone, while you're while you there, tell him. Tell him that there never has been a woman ever gave birth to a son greater than he is. So a thief on a cross had no good days until his last one. And John the Baptist had no bad days until the end of life. But both of them spoke to grace and they both received grace. One more thing. Moses was 120 years old when he died. He killed a man when he was 40. Lived on the backside of a desert for the next 40 years. And then he led two and a half million Hebrews out of Egypt to the wilderness and on to Canaan the next 40 years. But toward the end of his pilgrimage, he disobeyed God. He did something out of order. He, he smote a rock and that water that, and the rock that water flowed from. And the Bible said, God said, you smite it the first time and you won't water the second, third, and fourth time. You talk to that rock. Because the rock was Christ and the Lord was going to be smitten only one time and he's not, you're not going to smite him again. And when Moses was upset with the people, he smote the rock because of his anger and God let him know he had disobeyed. Now here was the consequence. He said, Moses, you'll not be allowed to enter into the land of promise. So on Mount Nebo, Moses died. Then the fireworks started. Lucifer came to claim the body. That's the devil. But God sent his best warring angel, Michael, to fight Lucifer for the dead body of Moses. And they wrestled and fought at Mount Nebo who would prevail and who would win to determine who Moses' body would end up with. Michael, the archangel from heaven, prevailed. In Jude, the ninth verse, he said, to, he said to Lucifer, the Lord rebuke you. I can't whip you by myself, but the name of the Lord can whip you. And God, God claimed the body of Moses who had disobeyed him on the brink of the land of promise. Are you listening to me? This is grace, folks. You got to get a grasp on grace. And then God said to Joshua who would succeed Moses, Moses, he said, my servant is dead. He never called him a disobedient servant. He never called him that loser. He smote that rock. He said, my servant is dead. It doesn't sound like a judgmental God to me. It sounds like a lot of grace, a lot of abundant grace to me. Because that's what it is. I just want to talk to you. I got one more page and I'm going to let you go. This is not a sermon. I'm just talking. Grace is the only thing that we can be saved by. 
Because no man can be saved by their own merit. It's going to be by the grace of God and grace of alone. The Bible said the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared through all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, say it, say it soberly, soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Grace has appeared to all men. Even Old Testament people, grace appeared. New Testament people, grace appeared. Grace has been everywhere. God's grace is here. Let me close. Revelation says, To him that overcometh, I will give a white stone. In those days, every day was judged by what color stone a man received. On good days, he got a white stone. On bad days, he got a colored stone and picked it up. And on his way home, when he came to his urn, he would chunk in either a white stone or a colored stone in that urn. And at the end of life, whatever color was the greatest in number showed life being successful or unsuccessful. If he had one more white stone than a colored stone, he had a successful life, and they cheered his life. Now listen to me. Jesus Christ never judges a man or a woman at their lowest point in life. He always judges you at the peak of your life. I'm going to say it again. He never judges you when you hit rock bottom. He judges you when you're praised in his name. I preached a message here a long time ago, and I simply called it, You Can Win the Fight Without Winning Every Round. The great judge of life understands that people are going to get knocked down. Some of them get knocked down in the first round, some get knocked down in the middle rounds, and some get knocked down at the end of the fight. And the only thing that saves them is a bail and a long count by a referee, a daysman, and they get back up. But if they have outpointed their opponent, it doesn't matter how many times they got knocked down, they're going to win the fight. And I will tell you this, the great judge of God, the great judge of heaven is going to see us through the grace of Jesus Christ, through the blood of the Lamb. You understand that. Our sins are covered by the blood of the Lamb. You understand that. We are not what we are to ourselves and to one another. We're seen differently by Almighty God, a thief got to go to heaven with the Lord that day. You understand that? A man named John Baptist who dis disallowed everything that Jesus was got bragged on like nobody's business. And Moses, a man who disobeyed after 120 years and got away with the murder. The Lord said, he's my servant. Go down and fight for him. We're going to claim his body. The devil's not even going to take his dead body to hell. We're going to take his body with us because that's what grace does. Let me say this and I close. Mental health problems are not sinful. They're not sin. The Bible says in Psalms 116 and 6, the Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low and he helped me. By the way, Moses showed up in the promised land 1,500 years later and was recognized by New Testament men, Peter, James, and John on the Mount of Transfiguration. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Scripture says, unless you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. I think sometime when people lose a grip on this life, they become like a little child again.
and they lose their mature thinking capacity. And they become trusting in only the Lord Jesus Christ. And they can't suffer the pain any longer. So here I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to you tonight. The only thing that's going to keep this church rolling and going in the kingdom is grasping every day the grace that God has for us. And understanding that I'm not here because of self-madeness. I'm here because of his grace and his grace alone. Amen? Amen. There is a, there's a word that I came up with the other day. I didn't come up with it. I read it. It's called inharmonicity. It's a long word. And I'm going to close with this. But when a master piano tuner, Randy helps me, tunes a piano, they strive for that word, inharmonicity. It is this, this inharmonicity that produces perfect tone because pianos need to pee perfect tones. What it means is, if every individual string is tuned perfectly, it will ruin the tone and it will sound brassy and tingy and it will not be the tone you need. But because tone is the product of how each string reacts to the other strings, the dynamic produced by the differences and by the distinctions and, yes, the imperfections of each individual string produces the perfect tone. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at somebody beside you and say, you're not perfect. But the grace of God is all over you. You're a little different. But your distinction and your imperfections make you bring perfect pitch to this congregation. Wow. Wow, I love that. You hear that piano playing? You hear it? You hear the piano playing? All those, all those strings come together and make what we know as perfect pitch. It's not because every one of them is signed to perfect pitch. It's because everybody understands we need each other. We need each other. We need each other. Ernie Mitkiff. Edna Mitkiff, great people. And Ernie's going to be coming to this church when all the proceedings are over. He's going to need a lot of love. And a lot of us in our imperfections and our own distinct distinctions are going to walk up to him and hug on him and say, Brother, you're a part of the family of God. That's what it's all about, folks. That's what it's all about. When my brother took his life, I... I got a brand new look at this thing called self-induced death. And I understood when I went to my first and only, I hope, capital, capital murder, the execution of a man that produced capital murder in his life in 2009. When I went to that, I never have been the same. Because I want to tell you something, folks. You listen to me. Jesus Christ loves everybody. He loves everybody. And I don't care how bad sin gets. I don't care how bad sin gets. The mercy of God still reaches and pulls us up. And the grace of God still washes us off. That's how it is.
And just a thought, stand to your feet, just a thought. Don't, don't think on this too long. Jesus even said, you can't take my life. I give it. And I'll raise it up again. Don't ever judge somebody until you walk in their shoes, okay? Let's keep showing grace. Come on, let's keep showing grace. Let's keep extending mercy. Let's keep loving people. Let's keep caring for people. Come on, clap your hands real big. Let's keep doing it. Let's keep doing it. Let's keep doing it. Let's keep doing it. I feel some inharmonicity here right now. I feel perfect pitch in the house right now. Come on. Come on, love the Lord a little bit here tonight. Love the Lord a little bit here tonight. Love God a little bit here tonight. Thank you for your grace. 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 Father, I love you tonight and I thank you. I just wanted to talk about your grace and I wanted to talk about the thief and I wanted to talk about John. And And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.